This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the Female Startup Club, hosted by Dune Roshin and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. If you're looking for a new podcast, the Female Startup Club shares tips, tactics, and strategies from the world's most successful female founders, entrepreneurs, and women in business to inspire you to take action and get what you want out of your career. One of my favorite episodes, Who Should Be Your First Hire? What's Your Funding Plan? Dr. Lisa Creven shares her top advice from building Spotlight Oral. Listen to the Female Startup Club wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance. My guest today is Sarah Ney. She is the COO at Duct Tape Marketing, co-founder of Spark Lab Consulting, and the host of the Agency Spark Podcast. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I feel like I've heard that introduction several times over the years, so it's exciting <laughs> oh, so to hear it live time, now. <laughs> long-time listener, of course. So... So a lot of listeners of this show know duct tape marketing, you know, from what they see out there and what I've written about, but you know, what is the, what is being COO of duct tape marketing look like? <laughs> it is evolving all the time, which is really exciting. Obviously at duct tape marketing, we are a small team, but right now we're actually going through a high growth period, which makes things really fun. And so my role in terms of operations is a lot of the overseeing of the operations, directing the team strategy type of stuff right now, but always evolving and learning as we go. So forever, COO was a title that you know only really big companies had. I mean, chief anything was only big companies. But I think every company, of course, has an operations function. So what do you think the role implies? And you know, how do you work with me well, or I should say the CEO well in that scenario? Yeah, I think for you specifically, I'll start there. A lot of times when I'm, you know, I get that question all the time, how do you work with John? How do you work directly with him? I think I would describe you and you describe yourself as more of the visionary, you have the ideas, you have the strategic direction, where my mind is more of, I think I have some of the visionary strategy pieces, but my mind more is, okay, if we have this idea, how do we get it done? How do we put processes and systems behind it and tracking and metrics to make sure we're successful? And with you in the CEO role, I think me in the COO role, it's more of taking the big ideas, the strategic planning, the things that we come together on, putting a plan in place, putting processes in place and getting team members in place to actually turn it into a reality, essentially. So what's been, because you've been with duct tape a dozen years at least, what's been the hardest thing for you to learn or, or adapt to in your role? You know, it's something that I would say was hard for me and took time to learn, but I absolutely love doing it now. I also do our sales. At duct tape marketing right, right, and right. you know before working at duct tape marketing and even my personally now i'm shy i'm a bit of an introvert so talking to people all day long is you know it's tiring at times and so if you would have asked me 12 years ago or told me 12 years ago you're going to be handling sales for duct tape marketing i've been like no way that's like not a good fit for me at all but i've learned a lot over the years and the way we approach sales is more of consulting it's providing value it's having conversations it's getting to know people it's helping them solve their problems very early on and so i think it's something that took me time to get comfortable with and it took me a lot of experience 
sense to learn, but it's now something that I look forward to because in the past, again, I probably would have thought of sales as like pushy, you know, just closing deals. And, you know, before I learned everything that I've learned and now I approach it as like, how can I help someone that has a problem? And I love that type of selling. So not everyone who is listening knows that Serenay is actually one of my daughters. So how has it been? How, how do you think it's different? I know you maybe don't know any difference, but how do you think it's different working with family in this case, your dad? And I'm sure you get asked that on a lot of shows you're on. I do. People sometimes want to know the drama between us, like how hard is it working <laughs> with your dad? <laughs> but I luckily think one thing that's been really nice for us is I think we have similar personalities in how we go about work. We get really excited about things. We work very hard. We're all in. We're passionate about what we do. And so like having that foundation makes working with you a lot of fun. But there's also, you know, knowing our roles has helped as well over time. And so knowing what you're good at and what I'm good at and kind of staying in our lanes where we're not always working on the same things together. I think that trust, but also responsibility division has helped us work really closely, but on, you know, separate complementing things over the years. Yeah. So let's get into marketing and operations. You know, a lot of people think of marketing and they think of creative and design and, you know, when you're, if, if somebody were to ask you, you know, cause I know that you work on the operation side of our marketing business, but you also work on the operation side of our clients uh, businesses. So if somebody just said, well, you know, what role does operations really play in marketing? I think the biggest role is it allows you to set up predictable systems that are reliable right. over time. And so, you know, when we're thinking about how can we operationalize marketing, it's, basing everything that you do on ultimately the customer journey, which is something that we talk about all the time at Duct Tape Marketing. And so if you're going to do something like paid advertising to direct in kind of the no phase of the customer journey to direct traffic to your website, you need to have all the different pieces of the puzzle that ultimately leads to your goal, which might be selling a new product or service. And so taking a time to step back and map all of that out is like step one, but then also putting metrics behind all of the different stages is step two and paying attention to those metrics on a regular basis is really how you operationalize marketing. And it allows you to get away from guessing what might be yeah. working and hoping that people get to know you. And then all of a sudden they're ready to pay. Like there's a lot more of the pieces of the puzzle that need to happen in between. And so that's where, yes, marketing can be this fun and exciting creative thing when you're creating new ads or direct mail pieces or offerings. Like it is fun and exciting and creating creative, but you also have to have the piece of, okay, once you get someone's attention, how are you going to lead them towards where they're ready to become a client? So, so I hear two really important things in there. One you said was, I mean, a, a good deal of operationalizing by not only having systems, but having metrics is you do get a sense of what's working and not working. The assumption meaning that you just stop doing the stuff that's not working and, and you double down on, on what is working, which huge benefit there. But the other thing you kind of glossed over a little bit is this idea of repeatable. And I think that's where people really get stuck is... We spend so much time spinning our wheels in the mud, trying to remember how to do it, how to do it right. Certainly, it makes it much harder to delegate it when you want to start bringing people in. So talk a little bit about that idea of creating, you know, operationalizing some of marketing so that you can deliver it consistently and, and in a repeatable manner. Yeah, I think it's an important to first map up 
map out your high level system. And so what are you trying to accomplish and how are you going to spread awareness first? And so I'll just stick with the paid advertising example. So you start with paid advertising and then maybe you direct someone to a landing page and then you have some sort of call to action and then you have email follow-ups and then you do like a consultation call or whatever your essentially funnel might look like. You map all of that out from a very high level in the beginning. That's like step one. And then you look at, okay, what are the most important stages in my high level system that we don't want to make any mistakes on that we can't make any mistakes on. And so the consultation call is a good example where you might have questions that you want to go over every time or a script that you want to follow or a way to communicate with people after the call. But those are things that humans need to perform that you want to consistently deliver um, the same experience time after time. And so identifying what are the most important stages. And then from there, after you've identified those, it's actually sitting down and mapping out processes for those stages. And so when we talk about processes, you know, that's literally a checklist. Oftentimes we like to start with a video. So like, let's say you're going to do a consultation call and you ask someone if you can train, record it for training purposes. Like you want to have some sort of video. So when someone's doing the process for the very first time, they're able to actually see and experience it. And then from there, we typically do a simple checklist. And so it's like name of process, description of process, and then literally bullet points of like, here's the steps that you go through to complete this process. And so before we had this way of thinking in terms of mapping out your high level systems and then identifying your key processes, you know, I've heard a lot of people preach over the years, like, You need to document every single thing that you should be doing. And that can feel very distracting, especially to team members that are like, why are we documenting out these processes? I know how to do these things. Like I don't need a process to request vacation essentially, but when you can lay it out this way, where you're talking about, here's the, the most important things in our business, it's generating new clients through paid advertising. Then you say, these are the power stages. This is where we can't mistake, make mistakes. This is why we can't make mistakes. This is how the processes should be mapped out. We found that it's much more accepting from the team even that's doing this because they understand the why behind the importance of the work they're doing. You know, and I think that's a key too, because I think a lot of people think about systems and they're like, oh, you know, now we're just like following checklists, you know, where's the creativity in that? But I think I've always felt that what that does is frees you up to go, okay, I didn't make any mistakes on these critical things. Now I can actually be more creative because I've got that checklist. There was a book I read years ago called The Checklist Manifesto, and it was actually by a physician. And he did this research project where he took groups of doctors and created checklists for simple procedures, things they'd done hundreds and hundreds of times. And one group did it without checklist and the other group did it with a checklist. And the group with the checklist made like 30% fewer errors and mistakes. Yeah. In it. And it was stuff they knew how to do, but just by having that to review. And I think systems are really freeing, but yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot of people go into it and realize they have 473 systems they yeah. need to document and they just give up because it seems yeah. so overwhelming. And now let's hear from our sponsor. You know, as a business owner, you eventually realize you can't do everything yourself, but hiring is complicated. And what if you only need part-time help? Your job is to be the visionary, but instead you spend countless hours on tasks that could be done easily and arguably better by someone else. And that's where the powerful multiplying effects of delegation are mission critical. Our friends at Belay can help. 
Belay is an incredible organization revolutionizing productivity with their virtual assistants, bookkeepers, website specialists, and social media managers for growing organizations. To help you get started, Belay is offering their latest ebook, Delegate to Elevate, for free to all of my listeners. Now, in this ebook, you'll learn how to reclaim time to focus on what you can do by delegating. To download your free copy, just text TAPE to 55123. That's T-A-P-E to 55123. Accomplish more and juggle less with belay. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that idea of identifying, you know, a couple really key ones because that's really where you're going to make your money. What yeah. about optimizing? So you talked about mapping out the steps and a lot of people have systems, maybe it's in their head, they map it out. It's still the same crappy system that wasn't working <laughs> for them before. So talk a little bit about, you know, how, how do you view this as something, as a way to get better as opposed to just a way to do homework? Yeah. Mapping it out is the starting point, as we said, you know, putting it on paper, even if it looks like a crappy system at first, um, but when you actually put it out on paper or draw, use it a different tool, like seeing it visually oftentimes shows you where potential opportunity could be. And so I would encourage you to map out like where your system is at today, even if it's very simple and it could be built out a lot more. And then once you see it on paper, look for where are there opportunities to improve? Like, could we add more email campaigns here? Could we add a seat or a content upgrade that would get more people to opt in into our landing page, like analyze where the opportunity is once you see it visually. And then after it's all built out, it's, put the metrics and tracking in place. And so right. that way you'll be able to see where things aren't working as effectively as possible in your system. So maybe you're getting a lot of people to go to your landing page, but no one's opting in. That to me would tell you that you have a lead conversion issue on the landing page and need to work on your copy there. Or let's say a bunch of people download your content upgrade, but don't take action to the um, consultation or whatever your next step might be. Maybe your content upgrade needs to be analyzed or no one books after a consultation form. No one moves forward as a client. You probably need to work on your sales process. Yeah. But you don't know those things until right. you map it all out and start paying attention to what the numbers are ultimately telling you. Yeah. And I know some of the people we've worked with or you've worked with recently, you know, some of it was just like, well, this is how we've always done it. It seems to work okay. And then they start looking at it and they're like, oh man, we have some giant gaps. So I, I think just taking the time and especially with this idea of prioritizing, maybe it's a list of five <laughs> systems that, that are going to make all the difference in, in the world if you can improve them a little bit. Yeah. And I also think on that note too, once you do map it out visually, a lot of times you're doing things that could be automated that you're just yeah, doing because yeah. you've done them. But once you see it kind of on paper, you might be able to say, you know, I could pre-write these emails or I could pre-build out this agreement or I could, you know, schedule this as an automation. Like it allows you to see what you're spending your time on or your team yeah. spending your time on that you might be able to do more efficiently. And on that note too, let's say you're handling everything in the system, but you're looking to grow and expand your team. It also will help you understand what you could potentially delegate or bring on new team members for. So you mentioned that's at the, the customer journey. And for those who listen to us for any amount of time, but all know that we feel like the customer journey goes well beyond where a lot of marketers stop, but you know, it's at what happens after uh, somebody buys. So talk a little bit about how, you know, where could we make improvements after somebody becomes a customer? Cause that in a lot of traditional thinking, that's really where operations, you know, yeah. jumps into the game. So, you know, how do we connect marketing and operations then with systems? 
Yeah. So a lot of what we've been talking about so far is the marketing system side of things. And so our customer journey is getting people to know, like, trust, try, buy, repeat, refer. And so to me, marketing systems are a lot of the know, like, trust, try. And so now we're talking about when someone's ready to actually buy, that's when it goes into operations types of systems. And you really need to have an operations system for every single marketing system that you ultimately have. So if you're selling a service, Mm -hmm. for example, let's say you're consulting, um, you're selling a service, the client goes through the marketing system, they pay, you then need to have an operations system in place to essentially serve them or deliver the promised value. And so for us, you know, when we're onboarding a new consulting client for our marketing, we have a whole system in place in terms of how to onboard a client effectively. And that way, every single client of ours has the exact same experience, either getting the promised value in a sense. So again, I think it's a key point that you can't just have a marketing system without operations. You have to generate demand for your business, but then you have to serve your clients effectively. And ultimately, if you serve your clients effectively, then hopefully that helps you generate repeat business and referral business for you because they had such a great experience. You know, it's funny, as you said that, I I couldn't help but thinking, I wonder how many people are out there creating marketing systems that don't have that. They're Ultimately, they want customers, yeah, but they don't have that very specific objective. Like, what's the point of this (laughs) marketing system? And I think that actually that one little point alone would probably improve people's marketing approach, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that we preach, we've been preaching forever is like, don't just go into tactics. Like have, what are you trying to accomplish? Have the customer, it's really not what you're trying to accomplish is what are your your clients or prospects trying to accomplish? Like always have that in mind. And so if you hear someone's doing paid advertising or direct mail or SEO or whatever the tactic might be, if you want to explore that option, first of all, make sure you're customers are on those channels, but then also like have an end goal in mind. So don't just do like I have a client recently that's done a lot of radio advertising, but they don't have a path after someone hears the radio ad, they don't have a path. So they're spending all this money on a tactic, but they don't have their, like, obviously they want more clients. That's the end goal, but they don't have a journey for their clients to go on once they hear a radio ad. So it's, you know, don't just throw money or spend money on tactics, like really take the time. I know it's, you have to be patient, but take the time to take a step back and understand, okay, if we're going to do a radio advertisement, answer the question and then what's next and then what's next like where are you trying to guide someone so then they are ready to ultimately become a long-term client of yours so in the introduction i mentioned you were a co-founder of spark lab consulting in a lot of ways that is a business that was created out of this need of operationalizing marketing if you will can you talk a little bit about some of what you do with spark lab with somebody who is maybe trying to take this systems or operationalize approach. Yeah. So Spark Lab was really born, I think, with the inspiration of the fact that we were having a lot of success with our marketing clients, but ran into a situation, especially in these times, because I know hiring is hard right now, but we ran into a situation with a lot of clients where we were generating demand and they ultimately even had to say like, can you turn off the marketing? Can you help slow down? Like we don't have team, we don't have systems, we don't have all that stuff figured out. And so ultimately in my mind, it's like, 
we're having a lot of success with what we promised them, but we're almost creating a new problem for them, yeah. which is their operations side of things. And so that's really where Spark Lab was born. And that's a lot of what we help people do through Spark Lab is, yes, you have to have demand for your system. You need to have marketing. That's one of the key systems that we've always installed for businesses, but you also have to deliver the promised value. And so we help people with mapping out, you know, not only their marketing systems, but also how are they going to serve their clients? How are they going to map out their high level systems? How are they going to map out their most important processes? How can they look at what they can automate to essentially work smarter? How can they bring in different team members and hold them accountable based on the metrics that they're trying to accomplish? And so it's, you know, it's looking at what are your most important products, services, how can you get it to your clients effectively, have them have a wonderful experience. So again, they tell everyone they know about you ultimately, because that's the end goal. And so that's something we've taught a lot about at duct tape marketing. Yeah. It's again, it's the whole phase of the customer journey. It's going across marketing, sales, and service for businesses. And I think this is one of the keys to, you know, there are a lot of businesses that get pretty good at marketing. They have a good product, they have good people, but they seem to stall. You know, they can't yeah. really get past a certain level. And I think a lot of what you just described is if, if you're one of those businesses out there, it's like, why can't I get past this certain level? I think this might be really uh, the, the key. So tell people you actually have an assessment where people can take a look at their business, the various areas of their business that might need operationalizing and kind of grade themselves where they are. So you want to tell us where people can find that and find out more about uh, Spark Lab Consulting? Yeah, absolutely. So if they just go to sparklabconsulting.com, there's a couple big buttons right on the homepage that says, take the assessment. And then from there, if you take the assessment, I will be the one that will reach out to you and schedule a consultation to go through your results and see if we can make some really solid recommendations as to your biggest opportunity in seven different areas, really, of your business for growth. And, you know, as John mentioned there a little bit, I think systems, the biggest thing with systems and processes and operationalizing all these things, it provides people with a lot of clarity, confidence, and control in their marketing and essentially in their business. So I think that's the biggest opportunity and would be the goal of taking the assessment is if we could provide you some of those insights to make an impact. All right. So thanks for stopping by, taking time to stop by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. And I'll just tell you, go kiss two of my favorite granddaughters. <laughs> I will. Thanks for having me. Hey, and one final thing before you go, you know how I talk about marketing strategy, strategy before tactics. Well, sometimes it can be hard to understand where you stand in that, what needs to be done with regard to creating a marketing strategy. So we created a free tool for you. It's called the Marketing Strategy Assessment. You can find it at marketingassessment.co, not .com, .co. Check out our free marketing assessment and learn where you are with your strategy today. That's just marketingassessment.co. I'd love to chat with you about the results that you get.